Welcome to Marketing Wins, How Real Brands Move Forward. I'm Valerie Morris, and on each episode, we dive into real topics with real people about how they're getting their next little or big win in marketing. If you're new to the show, go ahead and hit subscribe on whatever podcast player you are listening to right now. That way, you will not miss a single episode of Marketing Wins. I've got my friend Katie Brinkley here, and we were actually just talking about how we need to go out and just have dinner because we meant to start recording this about 30 minutes ago, and here we are just now starting to record. So we really just need to go out and have a drink together and catch up, but um, it's always fun to chat with Katie, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear this conversation today. So Katie, thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me, and thanks for remembering to like actually hit record so that everyone else could hear about you know, social media, book launching, all the yeah. things that we're, we're starting to talk about. I know. Yeah. We were just starting to talk about your book, which I, we'll circle back to here in a second, but why don't you give people a little bit of background about who you are, what you do, how you serve people. Yeah. So I am Katie Brinkley and I have a social media agency and we offer social media and podcast strategy for CEOs um, that are ready to become thought leaders. And uh, we've been, I've been doing it for about seven years now here in Denver as a business owner. But man, I started 20 years ago by helping bands with their MySpace pages um, and That's getting so off of MySpace and onto the radio. Radio is my, my passion. That's what I went to school for. So fortunate to land a job in radio right out of college. But radio, audio, uh, social media, it's all kind of turned into being able to have this business that I, I absolutely love and enjoy coming to to do every single day. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's really fun that you've got that radio background. Not everyone in the marketing space today has that. And with with everything shifting so much to video and audio and, you know, communicating verbally, uh, that that's a huge asset that not a lot of people have in their tool belt. So, um, how have you seen that play out in what you're, what you're doing for yourself and for clients? I think that one of the biggest things that's so that that's helped me and, and my clients is being willing to hold a microphone. It, it can feel really intimidating to want to share your story, which kind of is what we were starting our conversation about earlier today, but sharing your story, sharing your thoughts, because it can feel very vulnerable, but that's, what's going to help build, you know, trust and in a digital world, especially, you know, Valerie, you and I both live here in Colorado, but we only see each other, you know, at events outside of Colorado, (laughs) but I feel like I'm up to date on all things Valerie, because I follow you on social media. Right. You know, you have the podcast, you've been on my podcast. And when you have that digital community and you're sharing your voice, you're showing up on video, the no like and trust factor, the, the ability to build a community online is is extremely powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is interesting. You feel like you know people just because of the, the digital connection. So yeah. So uh, you recently wrote a book called The Social Shift. (laughs) I'm really excited about it. And I've heard you talked about it here for, I feel like months. I hear like little, little droppings here and there. You like drop things into conversations and 
So I can't wait to, to read it all because it just came out a week before we're recording this here today. So um, why don't you tell people a little bit about what the book is and why you wrote it? Yeah, this was, you know what, Valerie, uh, this is, <laughs> I said, this was a great book to get started with because now I'm like, all right, next time I write a book, <laughs> I'm just going to work with Val with you, Valerie, because like it was it took about 18 months for me to get this published from, from writing it to getting it published. And I had some, some hiccups in the publishing process. And then I had my website went down the day, like the, the day before my book was oh my supposed gosh. to be sold on it. I mean, like all the things that could happen happened with it. But when you write a book, it almost, I'm, it almost feels like birthing a child. Like it yeah. being able to hold it and be like, holy cow, I actually did this. It is the greatest feeling. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, so so the social shift was 18 months in the making. And honestly, it, I'm glad it took that long because some things have changed since when I first wrote it. Um, it gets into where social media started and how we've always been looking to build community outside of our digital or our, our physical footprint. And yeah from the telegraph and morse code like we were always trying to find ways to build our community and then myspace came along then facebook then twitter i mean all of these different ways to build community and they all have a different way of showing up however now we've gotten into this this cycle of getting on instagram is no different than turning on netflix you know you you go on and you binge for an hour yeah and have you actually built your community at all or have you just wasted time? Yeah. And as as entrepreneurs, Val Valerie, you and I have talked about this. Like, as and as moms, our time is so valuable. Yeah. And if you wasted, I mean, no offense, Mark, but I mean, if you wasted it giving an hour and a half to Mark Zuckerberg, what could you have done with that time back to either yeah. grow your business or to be with your family or to be with your friend, whatever, to to yeah. learn how to cook a new meal, and that's why I think, and I know it sounds cra probably crazy because I I have a social media agency. I think social media is incredibly important, but so is our time. And yeah. so how can you go in strategically on social media so that you can understand the importance of community, build that community online, grow your business and get out so you, so you can actually be in, with people in the physical world. Um, and that's the social shift. And I think that whether you, you know, whether we realize it or not, all the billionaires in tech believe in the metaverse and Web three and Discord and you know all of those decentralized uh, internet spaces. It's coming, and if you can start to shift the way that you show up on social media now, you and your business will be ready to go in intentionally with the next iteration of the internet. Yeah. Yeah, I love that you are kind of promoting that because like the balance side of it is something I've always struggled with and it feels like a really real tension day in and day out uh, because, you know, I run a social media agency as well and a huge piece of my success is businesses and people, you know, investing their time and energy into having a good social media presence and at the same time, I think people like us that are in it so much can see how easy it is to fall into some of those pitfalls that maybe others just, they just fall into. They don't really think consciously about like what's going on. Um, 
And also I think maybe folks like us maybe get burned out a little bit more from it because we are in it all day long. And so for me personally, there's a lot where I'm like, nope, I want to be off, (laughs) you know, like the, uh, the desire to be a TikTok influencer for just for the sake of being an influencer has no appeal for me. Um, It's like, I want to, no, I want to be off. I I don't want to be glued to my phone all the time. Um, I struggle, like I find myself in face-to-face situations. I struggle with doing stories myself, uh, partly because I'm like, I want to be here in the moment with my friend or my kid or my family or whoever it is I'm with. It's so hard for me to just whip out my phone because it feels like I'm being rude or not fully present in the moment I'm in to go, let me go post this story right now. Um, and so I struggle with that. And so I, I really resonate with a lot of what you're saying there, because I do think it's important as, you know, if you look just how much things have changed oh, yeah. in 15, 20 years, I mean, golly, like I'm thinking back 20 years ago, I just was getting my own first cell phone that was just mine, not the one that I would take when I would go drive somewhere that the family shared. Mm-hmm. you know? And even then it was like, than you, I had a pager. So I mean, like <laughs> more connected I, than I, me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember like my daughters were like, mom, when can I get a phone? And I'm like, uh, you can get one. And I got one. I'm like, okay. When did you get your phone? I was like in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so different how, I mean, I'm thinking about like Facebook memories. Do you, do you look at those oh, on a yeah. regular That's basis? Like part of Facebook right now. Yeah. So I look back at them and it'll scroll back to some of my earliest Facebook memories. And I have friends that would, they would post stuff on my wall as if it was a private message. Do you ever have any of those? Oh yeah. Like and I look at them. There was one today where somebody put their whole cell phone number on it and yeah. was like, I'd love to see you for, for coffee. Here's my number. And I'm like, now I could hit reshare and thousands of people would see this person's cell phone number. Like just so weird how we used to use it as this like almost private messaging tool. And yeah. now it's this huge platform that has so many different facets. It's basically like everybody has their own media channel. Yeah. And and this is where I think that that's why I love the Facebook memories feature is exactly what you just shared. Because if you think about it, we were showing up and we were connecting. Mm-hmm. That's how, that's how these, these platforms were built. Yep. And I, I mean, no offense. Like when was the last time, like I went and posted on your wall, Valerie, have I ever? Probably not. Like, probably not. Like, oh, yeah. You know, like, but we've got it, but you D we D we DM back and forth all the time. And so totally. like, it's just, it's changed, right? It's, it's, totally it's more changed. private now if you want to do that piece, but and I th- yeah, I think that you have to like where before we had to put out the co- you know the conscious effort effort of I don't know Valerie so let's go let's just go see yeah. if we can get that dinner let's go see if we can get together or, or yeah. whatever where now it's like I might I might forget about you Valerie I like you and all but I might forget about you until you do that post and then I'm like oh yeah mm-hmm. oh look she just went on this cool retreat that's amazing like moving on yeah and it's it's really sad that we're we're only being shown what an algorithm yeah. tells us we should care about. Yeah. 
and and I I want us especially with the next iteration of the internet, this Web three decentralized world, where we're not going to have algorithms telling us you know what we should be consuming. How how are we going to be prepared for that? Because we've yeah. we've gotten out of the habit of being conscious with our time on these apps. So yeah. we have to be wanting to build out our own algorithm, build out our own feeds so that we're seeing the people that we care about. Yeah. Well, and I'm just thinking too, like the fact that now a lot of that personal interaction has shifted more towards the private message and how do we be intentional there? I mean, I can, I can picture multiple people's faces who I've had meaningful interactions with in the last couple of weeks but it it's not public it's all on the private side of things um you know people who have gone through major ca- catastrophes um you know and i don't i don't know if i have their cell phone number but i have i can message them on social media and so like mm-hmm. it's that intentionality of like okay but because it's their private information, because it's something probably hard or raw or just nobody else's business, frankly, Mm -hmm. it's all in the private messages, you know? And so it's, it's, it's a little different because what you're seeing on the main feed is in some ways sugarcoated. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's for good or for bad, it's sugarcoated of like, you're going to see the highlight reel of my life. (laughs) You may not hear about the rough week I had last week, you know, or whatever. You may not hear all the, the, the grime and the the dirt that, and rightly so in some instances, but um, I think that also shifts kind of how we approach social media. Cause when you do that mindless surfing that Mark Zuckerberg wants us to do, yeah. you start to change how you think about your own life too. Well, that's why so many people have imposter syndrome. Because we're only seeing the highlight reels. We're only yeah. seeing like, oh, well, I launched my book and, you know, sold 40 million copies with the first week. And it's like, well, actually you had an ad spend of this. It wasn't all organic. You were doing mm-hmm. this in the back end. You had this going on. For yeah. you. I mean, like, and it's like, oh, well, once you know the full picture, or maybe this was the 10th book that they've launched. And it's like, well, yeah, I had nine other books that failed, you know, or whatever. whatever right. Whatever you're only seeing other people's highlight reels. And so I think that um, with what, like you said, with what happens right now in the DMs, that's that's like old school social media. That's where the magic yeah. happens. Yeah. So, okay. So you wrote this, this book and, you know, I, just from being connected with you online and seeing all the, you were, you were pretty raw about some of the things last week. Um <laughs> How did your launch go last week? Um, <laughs> that well, huh? Well, yeah. So full transparency, um, I hired, I so I, I wrote my book and uh, well, I wanted to write a book. So we'll start with just wanting to write a book. And yeah. uh, I got the idea I wanted to write a book. I reached out to someone that assists with self-publishing um, and you know, on Amazon. And I was like, all right, cool. And he said, all right, well, once you're done with the book, let me know. And I was like, all right, well, I've never written one. I don't really know where to get started. So here we go. So it took a little bit long. And this was pre-chat GPT being so yeah. relevant in our lives. Yeah. Um, it probably would have helped to have 
someone or even a computer or a robot telling me like, this is the first step to writing a book. Um, sure. But <laughs> so I, I started writing my book. I had the first draft done um, in March of 2023. And I sent it off to the person that said they would help me publish. And then I got crickets. And I kept getting crickets. Oh my gosh. I was like, man, this sucks. I gave this person a lot of money and I have a finished book. What I think is finished. I mean, the first draft is finished. Yeah. I don't know what to really do. Um, oh my gosh. And so I, it was horrible uh, with that point. Cause I was like, well, okay. So I reached out to um, a friend. So I reached out to uh, Joe Polizzi and mm -hmm. I said, Hey, Joe, you've written a lot of books and self-published them. What do you do? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he said, well, Katie, uh, I actually just launched a publishing company. Why don't mm. you send over your manuscript and I'll take a look at it. And I said, okay, that sounds amazing. Uh, so I sent it over to him and he said, I could tell you how to self-publish it, or if you'd be interested, we'd like to publish it for you at Tilt Publishing. And so okay. I worked with Tilt on getting my book published. Um, they they went through and did the copywriting or copy editing uh, for yeah. me, helped me design the cover. And um, then we made the decision to launch it on my website only uh, okay. for, for the beginning because I wanted to have the increased web traffic for the book yeah. um, selling. So we decided to hold off on selling on Amazon until like the end of Q1, maybe Q2. Sure. And, um, two, th three days before my book was supposed to come out, my website got infected with malware Ugh. And, lots and lots of malware. I couldn't even access my site. And, um, it was, so my, everything was down and everything's built through my website. So all my lead magnets, my podcast, like everything is housed in my website. And so I spent the next three days at my dad's house and he lives in the middle of nowhere trying to use very poor internet <laughs> to uh, get my book, my website up so I could launch my book on it. And it was still kind of acting funky when the book launch day came and I had all these, uh, you know, I was like, well, I kind of told people it's going to be launched on this date and everyone's asking and sorry guys, like I don't feel comfortable sending you guys to my <laughs> site so that I can infect your computers. Oh my gosh. Support me. Um, but then the next day it was up. There's still some funky things happening. And so I'm going in every day still, but some weird, it's WordPress, uh, yeah. uh, open source, which I learned the hard way. Uh, but I think that it's available for sale now at katiebrinkley.com slash book. And I learned a lot of things the hard way. It was a great lesson. I can't wait to write my next book now and do it all the right way. You got the bug. Um, <laughs> I mean, and it's only been available for, you know, a, a week or so, but it, uh, like I said, it feels, it feels really good to, to launch yeah. a book. I just wish that I would have been able to be more excited and more present in the actual yeah. launch instead of making sure that my website was working and not going to infect a whole bunch of computers. So from the time that you wrote your, finished your manuscript mm -hmm. to when you actually went live, that was what, about nine months? No. From March to... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So by the time I finished the manuscript, so I started about, oh, maybe like November of 2022. Yeah, 22. Yeah. Writing it and... uh 
like I said, it, I, I didn't really know where to begin. So I think yeah. that now that I, now that I kind of have done it, I understand a little bit more of the process, but I, I wish that I would have had someone kind of guiding me or holding my yeah. hand through the process, of yeah. the whole book process. Well, I think it's important to note how much time now, granted you had that one hiccup, so maybe it didn't even be a full nine months, but the fact that like you, there was this long period of time to prep for your launch date. Like it wasn't like you were done with your, your manuscript next week. It's live available for sale. So, you know, like just a lot of people rush that part of the process and they thankful that it took that as long as it did, because I mean, now Twitter is called X and I was able to change that in the book. Right. Right. For sure. Yeah. The fact that you were able to, you know, make those adjustments and, and also just like you had, even though the malware kind of screwed up some of your plans, (laughs) like the fact that you had this strategic plan in place of like, this is what I'm going to do. And this is why I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And you had everything as ready as possible to go. Obviously it's also a nice lesson of like things happen in marketing at the last minute. And sometimes as much as you plan ahead, you have to deal with, you know, three days yeah. worth of managing malware from the middle of nowhere. So you know, we've all been there when it comes to launching something, whether it's a book or a product or a new, new service or whatever. So uh, congratulations, first off for writing a book and getting it live and surviving. Yeah. You survived the, the malware attack. I did survive it. Um, and I think that too, you know, it's, it's really helpful to have like a a partner in it, Mm -hmm. um, that's done it before. Like, I think that I was a little misled with the first person that I signed up to work with. Yeah. We're going to offer and help me with. Um, And I know now like what to be on the lookout for and what to, you know, keep in mind. So it's, I definitely feel like it's um, one of those things where find the, find your Valerie, you know, Valerie, I wish that I would have known you were doing all like you a year ago, you weren't doing any of this, you know? So no, a year ago I was, I was trying yeah. not to die. Yeah. <laughs> in a <laughs> stressful know, pregnancy. Babies and, yeah. 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 And, no, it's, it's, it's true. It's yeah. Good to have someone that's done it before so that they can kind of, even if it's stressful, like, yeah, have someone that you can, hey, this is where, what I'm thinking. This is what, yeah. Go ahead. Now, now that you've got this done, now's a good time Here's to the next maybe step. start reaching out to your promo team and like, well, this is what a promo team is. And, yep kind of help and navigate it. Uh, even if, even if, you know, you write another book, I think it would, or I write another book, like if it's the second time you've written a book or third or fourth, you're always going to get new ideas for new strategies that can uh-huh. be implemented. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, it took a while to write the book. I'm happy with it. Things have changed as, you know, during the the writing process. So I'm glad it, it ended up taking as long as it did. And I think that, you know, it's, it's like you said, anything with, uh, with marketing, there's bound to be some hiccups. And so, you know, I I just kind of took it as, all right, well, let's see what happens next. (laughs) Yep. Well, and I just, before we hit record, we were talking about, you know, great storytellers we know. And I feel like this is one instance where you have a story to tell now. You have this lived experience 
of, you know, it's not fun to go through hard times or a difficult situation, but you have this, you know, hero's journey now trying to get your book live (laughs) uh, that you can share. And so, yeah, it's definitely something that I think you can leverage long-term, but man, it kills me. And I think we all hear this when we have a prospect come our door to our door and they're like, yeah, I worked with X marketing company and they did X, Y, Z and took my money and ran. And, you know, you hear about it in so many different industries and it just breaks my heart every time, you know, when you hear about somebody spending way too much on a website or way too much on, you know, social strategy or, or, you know, spending money on things that really are vanity things that don't really do much for you. So, um, you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. And it's where it's that it's so important to find the, I mean, mean, like I thought, I I, I thought that I knew the person that I gave my money to, you know, Uh, but you do your due diligence, research them, Google them and, uh, you know, make sure that they're, they're all that they're cracked up to be. Um, cause a lot, like you said, a lot of people will sell you vanity metrics and you have to understand what metrics are important to pay attention to. And, um, really, cause like, I hate it when people come, do you get it? I'm sure too. Like when people come to you and say like, oh, well, I want to hit X amount of followers in the first, you know, three months of working together. It's like, well, I could buy you 2000 followers for 10 bucks. Like followers don't, the right followers mean way more than the number. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's always that education process of of trying to get people to understand like what, what's going to be helpful for your business in the long run, or again, which is what's going to be a vanity metric. And, and I get it that perception is a big deal. Um, You know, you want to look the, look the part if you're a certain type of business or a certain type of brand, but at the same time, you don't want to set yourself up for long-term failure by, you know, fake followers or, you know, huge email list. That's really nothing. So yeah. um yeah, it's, it's amazing. And especially with books, like it just, it's hard because some people will only write one book in their life. And so, you know, you don't know what you don't know all the time, especially when it comes to this, because it's such a niche thing that you're doing that mm-hmm. to know what all the ins and outs of publishing a book, like that's, it's pretty specific. Um, now you've alluded to wanting to write another one and I have a running list of like three or four other book ideas. So it's just a matter of time before we go after another one. So at least like you can take this process and, you know, learn from it. But, um, yeah, yeah, it is, it is so hard when you're trying to figure out what you don't know. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, find the fight podcast, find somebody else, you know, follow them on social media, make, make sure that you're, you know, doing your due diligence with all of it. But I definitely feel that writing a book is probably one of the hardest things I've done. And, um, you know, I know that there's chat GPT now and, and it's, it's amazing, but I've recently heard, <laughs> I saw an eye roll there. So if you're listening to this audio, wise, yeah. there was an eye roll there with the amazing, it's amazing, but it's amazing, but don't use it to replace you. Yeah. Uh, somebody just wrote, wrote a book in six hours. And that's the, like the title of the book, how to write your book with chat GPT mm-hmm. in six hours or less. And it's like, yeah, that's great. But at the same time, if I would have written, if, 
if my if my robot would have written my book, I probably wouldn't feel so excited about it coming out. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to update so many of the things that I updated in it. I mean, I've read this book so many times yeah. now. Um, I'm sure that there's going to be an, you know, a typo. There's always there a typo that somewhere. Somebody, yeah. That somebody, you know, like I missed the copywriter missed everyone missed, but I mean, like it's, there's something magical about that because we are human and yeah. in this world of computers, you know, chat, chat GPT can write your social media captions, chat GPT can do your responding, yeah. you know, and like you can have auto responders go in for you and many chat and soon it's going to be computers talking to computers. And that's where what we're doing right now, Valerie is so, and like writing a book, it's so, it's so human. It's yeah. so connecting, you know, people can hear me stutter us talk over each other. Yeah. And there's something that a robot can't emulate with that. And it's going, yeah. you and I talking, it's going to help us connect with people in a much more intimate way than if you and I were to go ahead and do like 38 social media posts about how much, you know, it sucks having your website get infected with malware when your book comes out, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and also I think there's just a huge, like take the money ROI out of it, but personal benefit that you got from processing all your thoughts and putting down on paper of what you believe the social shift needs to be about, you know, like it's, it's an important process for you, the author. And if you have a computer write that you're not benefiting from any of that self-reflection. It, and I think that too, when I was writing the social shift, it really helped me dial in my own messaging for my own market and my own beliefs. Yeah. Because I was, I wanted originally when I decided to write the book, I was like, I want to write a book about how important it is to have community, you know, in social media. But I mean, from that, it allowed me to really think of, well, this is how things started. This is where I see it now. Yeah. This is what I'm noticing now. This is, so, I mean, that's how I developed my whole four post strategy was while I was writing the book, because I was like, man, these are the only things that I mm -hmm. really pay attention to the posts that I, you know, so, I mean, it helped me with so much of my own business strategy and marketing yeah. strategy that because I was devoting so much time to thinking about this one thing and what I wanted to see yeah. for social media for, for my kids when they yeah. get older. Mm, I love it. Well, Katie, if people want to get your book, remind us again, where to get that and where they can connect with you further if they want to learn more from you. Yeah, well, you can get it at katiebrinkley.com slash book. And you can you can do it at just about everything from katiebrinkley.com. So connect me on the social of your choice, listen to the podcast, uh, you know, get the book, all the things. Uh, it can be found at katiebrinkley.com. Awesome. Well, thanks, Katie. Thanks for sharing with everyone today. And I enjoyed hearing all about your book journey and just you being so vulnerable about it. Well, thanks again for having me. And uh, we got to get together IRL here soon, you know, right in, in Colorado. We have to make that yeah, happen. We'll, we'll make it happen. <laughs> hey, that was fun. Thanks for joining us today. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast player you are listening to today so that you don't miss any future episodes. And while you're at it, go ahead and leave us a review. Reviews help others discover and find great podcasts. 